Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another very fun episode. My guests today are extremely knowledgeable in the theater world. They're the co-hosts of Broadway World and the Broadway Podcast Network's Next Year Summer and Broken Records. They're also hosting a show called Cast Offs at Club Cummings every Monday and Wednesday in New York, featuring some previous Grisabellas. So Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, and thank you for joining me. We are so happy to be here. Meow. Meow. I'm, they can't see me, but I'm I'm licking and grooming myself in the <laughs> in the Zoom. You're doing the practice for the show, which is what they called Felinity School in Cats. Oh, uh, Miss Nolan's Felinity School for Girls. <laughs> well, I want to talk about cast offs, but before we do, I mean, this is a cats podcast, so we got to set the record straight. It's cats off tonight. On cats exactly, off. That's cats right, off. Honey. I want to hear about your experiences with the show. So, like, when did you first see it? I'm assuming you both have seen it at least once. Like, tell me a little bit about your history. At least. <laughs> well, um, I uh, was living in L.A. when the show opened, but my mom bought the double LP of the Broadway cast recording with Ms. Betty Buckley and and the rest of the gang. And uh, she would, it was one of the few um, albums that, I mean, I could probably count on uh, my hands and feet, all the records my mother ever played for us when we were kids, maybe just my hands. Um, but, uh, but Cats was one of them. And uh, it was, um, I guess, 1985 when the national tour came to LA to the Schubert Theater with Kim Criswell as Grisabella. And uh, they took us, uh, and I, my sister and I both fell asleep, never made it uh, to hear memory sung. We were just carried out of the theater after the curtain call. And for years, we would be like, I want to see Les Mis. I want to see Phantom. And they were like, I'm not spending $300. You've slept through Cats. And Which is so not fair. I mean, Cats. So not fair. Cats is not like the show the first show to take a kid to well true although the thing is actually like so i spent years actually kind of like making jokes about cats i mean like i when i moved to the city in 98 
um, it was still, the original production was still running. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, my friends and I one night tried to second act it because we wanted to hear Liz Calloway sing Memory and um, and Usher chased us out. Like we did not get away with it. It was crazy. But um, we we went running all the way down to like uh, 7th Avenue. But... um, uh, but it was like a big joke, you know? I mean, like there's that line in the play, Jeffrey, like cats now and forget about it. And, you know, it was always just the easiest punchline was yeah. cats. All the sitcoms and in the nineties. Totally. Oh, you yeah. know? And then when the British pop opera phase was over and like, you know, we had like the producers on Broadway and it was all about like American musical comedy, September 11th, George Bush, you know, it was like not about those British pop operas and cats just seemed like the, the lamest cheesiest of the whole group. And then when the revival was opening in, I don't know what it was. 2016. Yeah. Recent. Yeah. You would know. Um, I got tickets only because my friend, uh, rest in peace, the late, great, brilliant playwright, David Bell, um, David wanted to go and I knew I could get uh, press tickets. And I really went just like as a joke. I was like, I don't, I'm probably going to fall asleep again, David. (laughs) I had the best time of my life. I did not realize Cats is a musical comedy song and dance review. It is, I thought it was going to be like Jekyll and Hyde. It is (laughs) not. It is a laugh and a half. I loved it so much. The only thing I didn't like was I thought the Grizabella was hideous. Ter- not hit too beautiful. Was it? Uh, Leona Lewis. Leona Lewis, or, yeah. Beautiful to look at. But beautiful gowns. The, the worst acting I've seen on Broadway since Ricky Martin and Evita. <laughs> and that says a lot. And so I was, um, but I loved the show. And then when she left, and now I can't remember the name Maybe. of the actress Maybe that Paris. replaced Mimi Paris. I, I saw a clip of her and I was like, oh, she's good. And I was like, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I got to go back. And so I went back again to see it, loved it again, loved Mimi. She held that high note in memory longer than anybody ever held mm. anything in their life. And then, um, then I was trying to have sex with this kid from Argentina who had never seen a Broadway show. And I was like, well, you know, I could, not a kid, but the part I shouldn't make, he was like, you know, 28 or something, but, you know, a kid to me. Um, and he was like, um, I was like, what do you want to see? And he was like, cats. And I was like, done and done. Wait, so this is the third time you're going now? So I went to see the revival a third time and I loved it all over again. I mean, absolutely loved it. Soup to nuts. I mean, not to spill your personal tea, Benji, but I have to say this seems like a trend. I mean, it last is. week, didn't you see another musical for the second time because some visiting 20 something wanted to see a show and you could get press tickets? Wait, what was that? When you took uh, oh MJ, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was different. MJ, I went in knowing what I was in getting for. into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, MJ, I actually liked more when I saw it the first time than when I went back again. I almost wish I hadn't gone back again. Um, and that was a weird situation. I thought you were talking about with Miss Saigon, but that wasn't to get laid. That was to take my cousin Linda from from Long Island. Oh, wow. But but I but both cases, Cats and Miss Saigon, there were these pop operas that I'd been taking a dump on for decades. And now <laughs> I went back and I was like, this show's great. I, I love it. I love I love everything about this story. So how old were you when you saw it as a kid when you fell asleep? In 1985, I was either eight or nine. Okay. I have I, we can get into this debate now. I have gripes with children that age seeing the show different than your child that you brought 
in 2018 or 17 that you're just calling a child. The adult, the adult man child. that I was trying to have sex with. <laughs> but but a, a child, I mean, if you when you break down the plot, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, there is a sexual abuse scene, there is an orgy, there is whoa, whoa, a lot whoa, whoa. to this show hold that up, an eight-year-old should not be. I've seen this show four times. I did not know there was rape or an orgy anywhere in the story. So <laughs> the ball is an orgy. I had no idea. The ball's an orgy? The ball's an orgy. Wait, are you like queering the narrative or is that actually well, the plot? My knowledge is based off conversations with a lot of people who have been in it and have validated the rumor mill on the internet. Who've been in it? Well, I mean, wasn't T.S. Eliot like a closeted homosexual? That, well, I don't. that doesn't mean it was all bad in orgy. Well, no, I, but so I'm just Dem- saying, like, secret subtext. <laughs> secret secrets. Demeter's secret character, you know, who sings McCavity's song, is uh, the great, one of the great, known... Great, great fucking song. song. Great, and a great... Known, and a like, great um, known things. Yeah, a great gay pun, too. McCavity. Like, se- sexually abused by McCavity. Truth of oh, the show. Oh, that makes sense. Now that I think about, like, the choreography and when he, like, grabs her and claws her like that that symbolism yeah. makes sense to me now yeah i guess because they were cats i didn't take it to that but really that is what happens and the white cat so victoria's dance is her coming of age which is supposed to be her virginity oh well and- the movie ruined the white cat for me i mean the movie ruined all the cats for me frankly so especially many. the white one that movie i have to say uh was the last the last movie I saw in theatres before COVID hit. So it was like really left a bad, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. the movie is responsible for the pandemic. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it can't <laughs> the be. The world disparate. turned when everyone saw it for sure. Yeah. Okay. So the two oh, years got... of shutdown with coronavirus went by faster than the 90 minutes <laughs> I spent at the movie of cats. <laughs> okay. I, I love Ben. I love the your you really you had a struggling history with it growing up. It, it potentially ruined yeah. some of the other shows you could have saw with your family. But then, yes, 2016 and beyond, you're a fan. And I will say, Mamie's version is insane of Grizz. And I did also see Leona Lewis as a preview, and it was an experience. I do want so that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, Daniel, your turn. I mean, she what has a great voice. Experience? She has a great voice, and she's a beautiful woman. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not trashing everything about her. I mean, her song "Bleeding Love" had an iron grip on me in 2007. Oh, this is good to know. Yeah, it was. It was. It's a great song. Great song. Beautiful gowns. Um, <laughs> well, my my experience with cats uh, was also as a kid, but I was. Mm, I want to say I was a little older. I was in. Fourth grade, I think. How old would that be? Like, like eleven. To me, it's teenagers and oh. above. You know, if you were fifteen or sixteen, you might have got some of the innuendos. Um, but you know, if you saw it as an adult, like I did, or you know, if you see it thirteen or under, those are kind of really the the buckets that I have for this. I was definitely thirteen and under. But my sister and I, uh, whenever the infomercial would come on TV advertising for the VHS of the production starring Elaine Page. Oh, yeah. We would be like, mom, get it for us, get it for us. And, you know, back then there was no, I mean, there was like barely an internet. So like my mom, you know, ordered it from the TV and it arrived and we were like- For like $75, right? $75, (laughs) so fucking expensive. You had to like pay extra for the box. 
So um, it arrived. And I mean, as you can imagine, it took us like, I think it took us like, you know, six tries to finally get to act two. You know, we just kind of watched like the first few numbers like over and over again, because it's a little boring for kids. And so we could never like get that far. So we'd either fall asleep or lose interest or turn something else on. And finally, you know, just organically, it happened that we finally watched the whole thing and finished it. And I finally got to see memory. And uh, then I was obsessed. After I finally took the whole journey, I became really obsessed. And I was especially obsessed with the character of Jemima, who sings the little, like, you know, the little memory whenever Grizabella, like, falls down and, and Jemima mm. comes up and she's like, Jemima's been canceled. Turn your face to the really? Yeah, she's been renamed. Oh, 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 to, to, uh, What's it called? Like Bombalarina or something? No, I forget what it's she's or been renamed, you... but it's Syllabub Wait, maybe really... or yeah, it's been renamed. Has it's she really... Yeah. It's not your mind. Has anymore. she really been renamed for real? Yeah. That was a long time ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't even before know. I didn't even until you said that, Mike, I didn't even know that was why. I thought it was changed just like one of those like because I didn't take it as like an Aunt Jemima Jemima. I thought it was like Jemima Cook from Girls, like just like yeah. a British Jemima. And is that they changed not what it, it is? to like a more American name, like Syllabub. Yeah. Syllabub. I don't know why they changed it or they canceled it. They they've have a history of changing some ensemble characters just oh. to change them. Just to change So, it. like, my, yeah, like Peter is the one I hate, which is the Gus Bustopher Jones ensemble character who was named in 2016 Peter. Because to your point, it's Syllabob and Rum Tum Tugger and Mustafeles and then oh. Peter. Maybe that's why they renamed Jemima was because it was too much of like a real human name. Possibly. I, yeah. But the, they say that's Little Memory. So that's the song. That's the part that you're talking about is the Little Memory. Little Memory Aww. going into Act yeah, 1. Yeah, no, we should what? do that duet sometime. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. We should do that at Betty Buckley. We'll be our own guest stars. We will. Um, that's a good thing you said that because we lost one. <laughs> we lost we lost one uh anyway but i loved jemima so much that i mean this is this really tells you the age i was living in which was this was probably like 2000 exactly um yeah, the, the vhs that came out in 98 oh i love i love your stats so i uh i would play the vhs on my tv and then i would get my little tape recorder and record that clip little memory because I loved it so much and I thought her voice was so beautiful. And then I would play it. I'd have my mom play it in the car and I would just play it over and over again. Just like horrible quality, like a cassette recording from a VHS TV combo. And um, anyway, and then uh, one of my first cats that I had, we had many cats. We lived out in the country. And um, one of the first cats I had, I named Jemima after uh, that cat. Yeah. Wow. But I've never seen okay, it live. So, I've so only fans. seen... Yeah, I mean, I've only seen it on Never. VHS, though. I, I, I did not see the revival, unfortunately. I did see the movie, unfortunately. Okay, so Never Live. Uh, you know it's touring right now, so you've got some time. We do. Mm. My sister but, and her husband saw it in Arkansas when it was touring through there. It was actually touring for my family in Indiana. My mom found the ticket. It was supposed to be there April of 2020, and so it did not make it um, because of the oh. pandemic. But it was like a stop or two away from making it there. So close. So close. Uh, we'll go on. It's 40 years in, in production. There'll be another version. I'm sure to see. Love that you've seen the VHS. A lot of um, the guests I've had have burned through the VHSs. Like they watched it so many times ruined mm. and it's pretty much the, you know, excluding 2019's 
debacle. The one that people can reference, it's like the one version you can find. So it's actually after I saw live twice, when I was starting to prepare for this podcast, I did watch that version. I found it, uh, downloaded it on an iPad and watched it on a plane. And let me tell you the looks that you get sitting on a plane watching cats on an iPad is quite an experience. I love that that's like you infomercialed it. You like yeah. took a type of recording device to record it on a cassette tape and then played it in the car. Yeah. That I is mean, times was hard. Blast from a past. But, um, that's, that's a, that's a throwback right there for every, in every sense of the. Totally, totally. And I mean, I just remember they were really hanging their hat on um, Elaine page. Like that was like the big, you know, they were like starring Elaine page, you know, on like channel four and to come to Oklahoma. I was like, great, whoever she is. But, um, you know, eventually that, that, that belt won me over. That That's what Patty LaPone said too. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That's all she said. Let's, I want to pivot to cast offs because I want to hear a little bit about, I read a little bit about what you're doing, but tell me a little bit about what you're doing, how it's working. And then for anybody that's in New York, like how they can come. And then I want to play some of the games from it. A little I know about anything not catch related. <laughs> well, um, we uh, have had our podcast on Broadway Podcast Network for a few years now uh, called Broken Records. And um, that podcast evolved over the course of the pandemic in different ways. And um, one of the things we did was uh, launch the uh, live stream, which we're not doing anymore, but we had a weekly live stream called uh, Next Year, Some Year, and which was honestly mostly just a way for me and Daniel to um, hang out <laughs> when we were really in social distancing mode, but we made a lot of friends uh, around the world uh, mm-hmm. on, on BPN and Broadway world when we were doing it. Um, and that's where we developed some of the games. And then Daniel had the brilliant idea to um, take, uh, well, to, to launch a live stage version basically of the live stream. And it was actually perfect for us because we had already, um, we had gotten a booking to do a live recording of Broken Records in Provincetown the summer of 2020 that was canceled when those uh, venues were closed and moved to 2021. And so we decided instead of doing a live podcast recording in front of an audience, we would do that as like a tryout for what we were planning to start at Club Coming in the fall. So uh, that is what we're doing, calling it Cast Offs, and it's every... Um, well, this can be, uh, by the time this comes out, people will know that we're, it's been Wednesdays, but it's going to be Mondays at 8 p.m. every week at Club Coming in mm-hmm. the East Village. And it's free. And um, just in the honor of Patti LuPone's uh, Stop Taking Pictures speech at Gypsy, <laughs> where she said that she and the rest of the company appreciate the people in the audience who followed the rules. Uh, we, uh, since the days of our live stream, have a segment called Appreciation Station, where we pay tribute to great artists and things that we love, uh, usually in musical theater, musical theater adjacent. And so every week of our um, show cast-offs, we do appreciate someone or something. And uh, we've recently had um, a series of guest stars come and help us pay tribute to those that we're appreciating by singing a song associated with them. And we've got some great ones coming up, including, as we discussed, 
the original Tony winning star of Cats, Ms. Mm-hmm. Betty Buckley, Betty Lynn Buckley, the greatest Grizabella that BLB. ever walked the earth, um, will be appreciating her on Monday, March 14th. And we will have a very special guest there to help us pay tribute. That's right. Leona Lewis, or possibly right? me and Daniel singing the duet version. <laughs> it's Le- it's Leona Lewis. It's definitely Leona. Lewis. Can you imagine? Oh hey, God. Leona. Um, uh, first of all, don't listen to the Wrong Cat Died podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back for more of the Wrong Cat Died. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I think that's really cool, and I think you also did Lewis White, right? You've so you've you've covered, you've yeah, appreciated. Right. We did. We just did Isabella's. Yes, we're, and we're also doing uh, Lori Beachman, right? Yes, that's right. A Another. fabulous, uh, fabulous, fabulous Grisabella. Though a gr- great Grisabella that I, tr- one of my regrets. I mean, I never saw Patty in Evita, uh, and I never saw Barbara in Funny Girl, and I never saw Lori Beachman in Cats. Mm. Well, wow. I, I love it. So it is some fun games. People that are in New York can come um, free, which is great. So it's uh, yes. can show up and I'm sure we'll link all the stuff too in the, the episode description. Tell me about one of the games and which game are we going to try to play? Well, uh, it is called Cast Offs because uh, like a bake-off, except instead of uh, sharing baked goods, we're sharing casting ideas. All of our games are sort of related to like Broadway casting. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably the most popular game we have that we've been playing for years, even before the podcast, is a game we made up called Dolly Concert Kill. Um, And uh, I think we could actually play a special version for you which we could be Grizabella concert kill. Yeah. And so, uh, That's great. you know, we'll pick three names. Maybe we could even each one of the three of us could suggest a name. And then each one of us has to choose for themselves, which one of the three they want to see as Grizabella, which one they want to see in concert and which one they want to send to the heavy side layer. That's what it is. It's Grizabella concert heavy side layer. Love it. I love it. Although Grizabella goes to the heavy side layer, but you get the gist. Right. I love it. Well, it, it's nicer because it seems like that's what they all want to do, you know? Yeah. And that's it my, we'll, we'll get there. Cause that's kind of going to be how we end this podcast is, is Grizabella that right choice? But okay. Ooh. I like the game. So who wants to throw out the first name? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we just said them, right? Do we want to go? Do we want to go? Uh, Lilius, Betty Buckley, and uh, uh, Lori Beachman. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. I mean, you know. 
You're always going to come up against someone who's already in that house. I don't know. I feel like Mike might not be familiar with Lori Beachman. I well, know we could do she was Grisabella, and that's about it. Well, we could but that's enough, well, we could do right? Lilius, Lilius, Betty Buckley, and Elaine Page. Oh yeah, okay. they're all still that, ooh, on that great international star, Elaine Page. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would like one of you two to go first. I want to hear. I want to hear the experts kick us off. Well, Ben, why don't you go since I since I suggested it? All right, uh, Lilius. Betty Buckley and Elaine Page. Well, God, it's hard because, um, I mean, I'm definitely killing Elaine Page. You can start with that. <laughs> she can go on the ultimate final Brexit. Yeah, um, uh, It's a really tough call between Lilius and Betty because, I mean, obviously I want to see Betty in her iconic role, but I also have to say that Betty is one of my all-time favorite concert performers. I mm-hmm. mean... Some of her albums, oh my God, her live albums, Betty Buckley, uh, An Evening at Carnegie Hall, and Betty Buckley, The London Concert, are so thrilling. I mean, they're up there with Judy Garland at Carnegie Hall. And actually, to give Betty a plug, coming out this week is um, a new album on Palmetto Records and wherever music is streamed. Betty Buckley sings Stephen Sondheim. And some of the tracks are new, but many of them, most of them, are from all her Sterling Records albums from the 90s that never were released on streaming. from the fall. uh, Including many tracks from those two I just mentioned. So everybody should check that out. Uh, But of course, it's Sondheim, so there's no cats there. Um, But uh, so... I, you know, it's like I want to see Betty in concert, but I also want to see... I think I have to see Betty as Grizabella because mm-hmm. it, there's just no... I mean, it's like Patty and Evita, also where I reject Elaine Page. <laughs> because, you know, and you just... You know it when you see Betty sing Memory, that it's like everybody else, no tea, no shade. I mean, I told you how much I loved Mamie in that revival, you know. But it's like everybody else is kind of like singing the song. They could be on American Idol, you know. And... Betty just like, you know, she does that thing where she squats down on the ground, even from the beginning when mm-hmm. she like sticks her hand out and like fingers in cat formation. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's thrilling. She takes you back to the winter garden in 1982. And, um, and then Lilius White is always thrilling. And to see Lilius in concert is never less than goosebumps. So that, that would be my choice. And once again, in case it wasn't clear, I would kill <laughs> Elaine Page. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, this is very well thought through. So I love it. Daniel. Um, well, do you, do you want me to answer the same one or Ben, do you want to give me one? Do you have any other burning? uh, Sure. I'll, you know, I always do. I mean, I would love to get your, your option. Okay. For you, Daniel, I would like to hear choice between, so it's Grizabella concert, heavy side layer. (laughs) So your choices, uh, will be Liz Calloway. Okay. And uh, Christine Eversoll. Okay, I like where this is going. And Kelly O'Hara. Oh, all soprano Grizabellas. Um, <laughs> or mixy Grizabellas. Or mi- the Mi-a- Mixabellas. The, the Meow Mixabellas. <laughs> um, oh, this is good. Wait, did, did, did Christine ever play Grizabella? No, although I do feel like I've heard her sing Memory, but I might be making that up. Yeah. Because she was in 
the Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber Kennedy Center honors. Mm. But I think she's saying as if we never said goodbye. And Betty Buckley and Sarah Brightman did our syllabub Jemima version of memory. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Sarah Brightman as a cat named Syllabub is is my everything. She's I mean, a syllabub. She's a syllabub for sure. For sure. She's a silly bub. Uh, okay. She sings my favorite version of McCavity, though, I will say. She is so crazy. I, I'm obsessed with her. But she's like a j- jazz broad when she sings oh, McCavity. Yeah, honey. Those cat eyes of hers just like, just streaming out. All right. <laughs> Liz Calloway, Christine Eversall, and, and Kelly O'Hara. Ooh. Okay. I want, I, I, I want Christine as Grizabella because of the acting. You know, I think she's so good at uh, interpreting and delivering an 11 o'clock number. And I think she will really uh, make it poignant and make it really devastating and then give you the full arc. And she will make the most of her, like, you know, 12 minutes on stage. Kelly O'Hara, I love her for her voice. So that is who I want to see in concert because that no one's voice can thrill me quite like Kelly's. Um she has a true gift and I would love to see her at like Carnegie hall, you know, somewhere where she can really just sing all the soprano songs I want her to sing. Mm. Um, and then Liz Calloway, <laughs> she can go up to the heavy side layer. Uh, have, maybe, and, and, and maybe she and Anne can do a two hander up there. Have you two <laughs> uh, ever talked through how, you know, you're a great duo here and the psychology behind how, and you were just like, here's who I'm killing first. And Daniel, you're like, hey, <laughs> let me walk through my other reason. We'll just, I have to kill one of them. Have but you, kind it, of, have you unpack that? But it, it, it is very Elaine Page uh, yes. specific. <laughs> there are definitely some people you could say that would trigger Daniel into homicide mode before Absolutely. he casts anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. We all have our, have our uh, kill triggers. Okay. Now, who are my three people? I mean, I... Uh, I, well, let's make it interesting. Yeah. How about Sutton Foster? You know who that is, right? I do. Okay. And um, uh, Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. Mm, mm. Okay. New gen. And so I've got, well, I've got Wicked. The well. new gen is 50. <laughs> the, yeah. new, the, the, the newer than Betty Buckley gen. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. Okay. I'm more... Yeah, I'd more Daniel in the sense that I'm going to work my way to a process of elimination, heavy side layer. Yeah, you got to work your way to the kill. Yeah. So I think I would like to see Adina Menzel do Grizabella mm-hmm. because I think that that's just like such a powerful belting song. And that's kind of where I, you know, the let it go and some of the stuff in Wicked, I think would be really cool to see that version. Yeah. Good choice. I don't know enough about Sutton Foster's musical chops, so it's going to be process elimination. That I'd rather see Kristen Chenoweth's. You know, I saw her in Glee years ago. Like, I think she can. You know, I know a little bit from that. I think that's the concert I want to see. And then Great for guys. Sutton Foster's just process elimination. She's going to get on the tire and she's going to go up to the heavy side layer. Yep, yep, that works. That works. I love. I think it. those are the good choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's switch gears here, and you're going to play a little bit of my game now. We're going to do a couple Ooh. cats rapid-fire questions before we Ooh. debate this important question. So um, my first question for both of you two is, if you were in the show, if you were a cat, which track would you want to perform? 
I mean, I would want to perform. Uh, I know who Ben would want to perform, and that's who I want him to perform. Thank you, darling. Um, I would want to perform uh, Monkey Strap. Is he like the main like little the narrator like, cat? Yeah. The narrator. Because he doesn't have to do a lot of like heavy dancing. Like I would never want to be mm. like Rum Tum Tugger or Mistopheles or the Railway Cat because they they have like really dance heavy songs. Yeah, they have F that. F that. <laughs> I would do Monkey Strap, and I would I would uh, you know have some things in my contract saying that like I can move but not dance. Um, but I would change as you know to gay it up a bit even more than T. S. Eliot already did. I would change my name to Jockey Strap. I mean, I don't know if you need to. Monkey Strap already sounds like gay fetish gear. I mean, so many of these names do. I mean, if you think about it, they all sound like gay slang, like like uh, uh, Rum Tum Tugger, mm-hmm. uh, Rumple Teaser, Hello, yes, yes. Griddlebone, oh Griddlebone. <laughs> You're killing me. I mean, it's like give my Griddlebone a Rum Tum Tugger till I bust a for Jones in your cavity. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Oh my God. The crazy thing is the gayest one is Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat, but yeah. those are gay names you are yeah, right. Isn't it Mistopheles? It's gotta be Mistopheles, I mean, he's, right? He's very gay too. He's like he's like the magician, you know. He has I a- think we only think that because um I mean he's very beautiful and talented. Tyler Haynes, but he's like one of our people. Mm. But like I feel like when it's like Terrence Mann doing like like a like uh Elvis impression. It's maybe I don't know. I guess it's still kind of Tim Curry ish. I will yeah. tell you Tugger is Tugger okay. is as a Tugger. duo is the major majority of the fan fiction that's out there. And it is all very mm. erotic fan fiction. Oh. Oh, but a I little think, rum tum tugger old Deuteronomy uh situation. Yeah. And Mistopheles, I think, is because in the VHS he dances with a rainbow like flag or like he has a rainbow part of his dance. And so I think that that's kind of what I have the, you know, but the cats are fluid. There's no genders. There's no like cats at the end of the day. But also when cats opened in 1982, it was before the homosexuals had um, pervertized the innocent rainbow flag. Yes. It still just meant rainbows. But the you know. movie was 98. And so that's yeah, when they right. in, I don't think it's in the stage production. I think they added oh. it for the movie. They went they crossed the street to make that show disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the movie also has some like fake lightning in his dance that they added in. So you know that that's the oh, high man. effects they got in 98. Oh but, my god. They they added some lightning but they couldn't fucking add shadows on those feet. <laughs> oh no, this was the the new movie had a, a plenty of other issues in itself. This is the ni- 98. Um, Oh, oh, you're talking about that. Well, that's so funny you say that because after I watched the movie in, in cinemas, uh, then I went home and watched clips from the 98 and I was like, this is just, even like the camera work, the direction, like this is so much better as a film than that actual movie was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ben, who are you? Grisabella. Grisabella. Okay. Now I'm going to flip, I'm gonna flip <laughs> it. If you get to pick for each other. The same, I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I, I think Ben Ben could do Grizabella, not only because he's right for the role, but because it's a very Patti LuPone track. It's like you get to sit backstage for the first half of the show, and then you come out and do like your big number, and then you get to go back to sitting backstage. Yeah. It's like 15 Patti. minutes. Well, you know, they offered me the part, but I had just done an Angela Dwarver show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, who is your favorite and least favorite cat? Like, which character of an eight? Oh, good question. Well... 
My favorite is definitely Grizabella, although I, I have a very soft spot for, um, uh, is it old Deuteronomy that sings the, um, like, is it somebody, is it Monkey Strap that sings his song? Like, yes, no, hi, yeah. that's That's Monkey Strap, right? That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, look at that. My other favorite was yours, Daniel. But um, I hate all the boring dancing ones. Like, what's the little ones? It was like those little, like... Um, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. More like cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, I I don't know like I I I it's hard for me because I want to say Grizabella, but I mean I guess Grizabella just because she has the big like money song, but I also really love um, like Gus the theater cat like uh, I love all the old cats you know, um, who's the one who's like the older lady cat who's like Jenny Annie Dots, oh I like her too because oh she, yeah she's enjoyable she likes to sit and sit just like I do same. But, um, I love Gus the Theater Cat just because I feel like an old theater queen is always my people, you know? But I kind of feel like without having like reality cam footage of 1985, I probably fell asleep during Gus the Theater Cat, like full Definitely. definitely. You definitely were out cold during that part. Unless you you might have saw the the pirate scene though. Like if you saw the whole, that whole piece. No, I was not one of these kids that was like, oh, cool. Will there be pirates? (laughs) Fair, fair. Okay. Uh, Daniel, who's your least favorite? Oh, I mean... Elaine Page. (laughs) Elaine Page. No. Uh, I guess, honestly, like, maybe the Rum Tum Tugger. I mean, he's never appealed to me. You know, he's always just been a little too, like, like flashy. Like, I don't know. I never never quite, uh, uh, you know, got in with the Rum Tum Tugger. You might have gotten into him if you saw Tyler Haynes shimmying around in the black leotard. I might have, and I'm and I'm available for the videos to be sent to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's listening who has footage of Tyler Haynes in those tights, I we can ask Tyler if he just has pictures of himself in those or videos of him. We can. He's been a guest. Right he's been just, a great just guest. Just have him send his whole phone. We'll yeah. we'll sort through. I'm like, can you just send me your album? I'll do the the sorting. It's no big deal. No, Love no it. need to, to go uh, curate. I'll have I'll have my intern do it. His name is Rumple Teaser. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we got to ask the million dollar question, and I'm aware that I've spent way more time thinking about this than any. But I do not think Grizabella should be the choice for the heavy side layer. Mm. I feel like they're going to argue for her. Here, do you think she was the right jellical choice for the heavy side layer? And if not, who are you going to defend or argue? for what you mean isn't the criteria just as being like who most deserves to like have the life so the plot of cats is very up for debate as you are very so the criteria i think is a very interesting question that we don't really know the answer to because we only have a glimpse into one or and one choice so I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I have my thoughts, but I do think it's who's most deserving or who needs it the most. But I think that this can dictate your answer. So it is a very good first question. Mm. Well, she's most deserving because she uh, was a great star who was important in the cat community 
and has been completely um, cast aside and treated like crap. I mean, it's just because she's a woman because, you know, Gus the theater cat, like he's been cast aside, but he can still like teach and work in summer stock. And he's yeah. like in the Actors Fund Zoom with Seth Rudetsky. But Grizabella is just like, people just spit at her in the gutter, you know? So she yeah. does, she she needs it and she deserves it because she has the best voice. Totally. I mean, lot, I mean Gus, Gus the theater there. cat. <laughs> Gus the theater cat is probably like, you know, doing episodes of Star Trek or something. And Grizabella can barely get like a Murder, She Wrote episode in here and there. Yeah. But I tell him, buddy. Okay. <laughs> now, do you think the, there's part of the rumors is that Grizabella left the tribe to do some bad things and is coming oh. back and that's why they don't like her. So does that but change? Isn't it? Don't, don't you think it's a little slut shamey though? Because like. You know, she, she's wearing like the fishnets and the fur coat, and so she yes. kind of has like this woman of the night vibe. And I feel the like that's glamour cat, the glamour like a taxi cat. dancer. And I feel like it's very like Handmaid's Tale. Whenever you know she's walking up, and they're all like, you know, rare, and they're like, they're like uh, outcasting her. They're casting yeah. her off, you might say. And, Game uh, of Thrones, also. Game of Thrones. It's like they're like, blessed be the fruit, like you know, but like away with you because you you embarrass us because of your choices. So I feel like Grizabella went and, you know, was a stripper or whatever. And and now she's coming back to be accepted by her home tribe and they are not having it. You know who embarrasses me because of their choices? <laughs> <laughs> I Enough about Elaine Page. Enough about Elaine Page. We've moved on. Uh but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to shit on your whole thesis, but I do think Grizabella is deserving because oh, it, they're making up for how they've treated her. I The whole reason I've brought people on is to try to argue for her. I do think there's... Oh, good. But I think there are questions that you have to ask. And I think, Ben, you asked the first one, which is what is criteria? And then I think, Daniel, you asked a, a really important one too, is what happened when she left that we don't really know? Mm. Um, so we don't know where what she did. Was she exiled? Was she a you know sex worker? What her? We don't know. We get one glimpse into it. My kind of belief though is is that if she's coming back and they're going to start accepting her, why are we immediately killing her? Why doesn't she get to spend time with her family? Well, true, but I I, I got the feeling she doesn't have much family. Yeah, but also it's like maybe they're killing her, but like. In the Cats cinematic universe, like that is something that like they're wanting, you know, like that is like the reward. I mean, you know, whether it's a little bit Shirley Jackson, the lottery, you know, where it's like the winner gets literally stoned to death. But like, you know, it, it is something that they're aspiring to. So maybe it's like a release, like you get to go to like the next life, you know, it's it's seen as like reincarnation or whatever. Like for them, that might be a positive. Oh, it's. Yeah, it's definitely a reward. I mean, it's I mm-hmm. saw Leona Lewis, so I did think it was like the X Factor. And instead of a million dollars, you just get killed. Um, so that was how I kind of interpreted the show to begin with. I want to throw a theory for you two, because I think you both will appreciate it, is one fan rumor, not my fan rumor, uh, is, is that this is just old Deuteronomy's way as a serial killer to hide his murders. And every year he's killing somebody else. And this is the cover of it is the cult Jellicle Ball. More power to him. I love that. He's like the Charles Manson of the Jellicles. Exactly. That's how I want to die. I want to go painlessly 
with 100% confidence, I'm going to a better place after thinking having, I won a contest. After having delivered a devastating 11 o'clock number. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it's the showstopper to end. And then, although it doesn't end, as the new movie really hammered home, is that there's oh, a showstopper man. and you're going to get just like, Judy Dench is going to talk to you and the you know break the fourth wall for five more minutes to end the movie. Whatever happened with her hand? Wasn't there some big debacle over her human hand? I did see a press viewing, and they did they clearly rushed production to finish, and they did not mm-hmm. finish in time, and that's why there's the whole cut and all these other like rumors that are out there. Um, that yeah, that's a whole thing. If you uh, Seth Rogen went way deep on it, that there's supposed to be a a cut where they didn't edit out the cat's buttholes. Um, but they didn't finish. And so the first week of the show, if you saw it the very first week, there was a, like a sound guy in the background. If you caught it, there was her hand was not like, it was just a human hand, something in the frame. So it's like, they just didn't finish in time. So there was a lot of things, but there's so much going on that it was like, I didn't notice most of them, but then I saw the screenshots and it's like, Oh, they, they missed but like that is not what's wrong with the movie. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly right. Things, yeah. I would forgive them a lot more, like boom mics in sloppy shots, if they were good at storytelling. <laughs> right. There was yeah. That's that's a separate episode for us if we want to get into that. Mm. I um I want to. I appreciate you both coming on. I want to hear how can we one you know stay in touch with Castoff, stay in touch with you. Let's let's shamelessly plug everything here. Well, you can follow us across all uh, social media. Um, ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Nolan, Nolan with, with an, an e. e. Thank you so much. I was just and I'm Rimmelauer with an Lauer. I don't know if you you know just Google like gay guy Patty Lapone like you know <laughs> glasses or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then uh, also in addition, Club Coming is just uh, you know a good instagram account to follow to get the information for the show and you know if people mm-hmm. forget how to spell nolan and never had a prayer of Rimmelauer, hopefully <laughs> they can do coming although it is singular coming like ah oh, ah oh, i'm coming as opposed to <laughs> fake plural cummings like i often see people say which is not alan's name no, no no yeah named after alan coming for those who don't know um the uh, cat we have yet to see Yes, the the Grizabella yet to be cast. <laughs> Although he he's he's probably more of who would he play? I mean, in, in, back in the day, he would have been a great uh, monkey strap, but he could still do monkey strap, probably. Yeah, he could do a couple. There would be a couple play boy ads. Um, yes, I did have. I had to autocorrect because the S got added, and I'm like, okay, I know that's not correct, so I did fix that in my own notes. But oh, um, so it's well. Apple's fault. Exactly. It's, it's, totally. it's Marty Gould Cummings's fault. Oh, Marty too. But if, if we were Barbara Streisand, we could just, and if Steve Jobs were still alive, we could just call him up and ask him to change the spelling. Like That's right. he did with, uh, with uh, Barbara. What if that never really happened? And just like Barbara, like, sent an email and then it was fixed because like like her assistant went on her phone and just like updated like the like dictionary you know? yeah renata she was she had her head in a box full of triscuits and renata went and, and changed the the settings barbara's like it's so wonderful i just sent an email to steve jobs at info at apple.com <laughs> meanwhile this is a week after his death and she had no idea love it absolutely
We will also link everything in the description for everyone that's too lazy to try to guess the spelling. Oh, I forgot it myself. I know, sometimes. And thanks for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.